Meanwhile, and I have a, a new guy now. Uh, yeah, you're probably you're probably going to see him walk in front of the camera at some point. He always insists on jumping, jumping on any conference calls Excellent. I do. But pops, pops, call me pops. So he'll introduce himself. We should save that for the cat corner at some, uh, later on because uh, we definitely yeah. we like to talk about our cats. Meow 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 oh, okay. meow meow Absolutely, meow, yeah. meow 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 meow. I don't want to sound paranoid, but um, <laughs> this place is bugged. for this off-week program that I'm bringing you that will uh, hopefully uh, kind of get to the heart of the matter as quickly as possible. What's this all about? And we have a few things that we want to talk about today, um, but on today's program, we have uh, comedian Luke Thayers, who uh, joins Heather and I in a conversation about uh, sitcoms and uh, how they became an expert in sitcoms how it's the thing that they connect with. You know, the usual. And, uh, you know, this makes a lot of sense for our program because Heather and I have been interested in how we could actually take a stab at turning It's Max into a real sitcom. It's Max. In color. It's Max. And Luke Thayer's seems like the perfect person to help us out. So, um, yeah, we're going to uh, speak with them. Uh, you can always go to Thayer's of a Clown on Instagram. Send in the clowns. Those daffy. Laffy Clowns. Ah, that's T-H-I-E-R-S of a clown, spelled the traditional way. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll find all of the usual kind of internet fare, pictures of cats, Ooh. information about comedy shows. Uh, yeah, um, Luke's a, an interesting cat. Meow, 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 meow. And uh, also a uh, Rochester uh, local, uh, much like Heather. And so, uh, yeah, I think the... 
we'll have a, a few things to talk about. I can't quite stop <clears throat> with those A's. Oh, well, you're doing fine. Before we get into that, uh, I actually want to do a bit of a correction. Whoops. Uh, came to us by way of Blank Johnny. Uh, thank you very much, Blank Johnny, um, who uh, um, actually uh, saw all of this as it was coming out uh, in the UK. Valley Jerry, this kite right in the house of your father. Harry Blighter, dicky birded, feathered back on his Sammy, took a waspy, flipped over on his petty harpers, and caught his can in the birdie. Hey, Since I don't know as much about the UK stuff as I do about the American program, I'm always uh, interested in tips and uh, whatnot about where my information is off. Who are these sources? In this case, uh, the original telefilm uh, that uh, we watched um, was broadcast on Channel 4 and not BBC 4, as I identified a few times uh, on the website and on the show. How dare you! BBC 4 didn't really exist yet. Channel 4 was an independent thing outside of the BBC structure, so that's also kind of relevant to uh, how it would take on something like Max Hedrum uh, a little more uh, quickly than, say, uh, your average network. Well, I'm taking all the risks. Oh, great idea! Thank you very much, Blank Johnny. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, if you message us with uh, an address, we will happily send you a thank you package for your correction. You've, you've earned it. And, and make sure to contact Mitch uh, with all of your corrections, uh, observations, and that kind of information, we will do our best to get it on the show in a timely manner. Well, I will, anyway. Before we dive into the meat of the show, very tasty, we also want to mention that we now have a Patreon. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Austin Rich, and uh, this is sort of a shared Patreon uh, that I am doing with my personal work and art and this program. So there are some uh, specific tiers uh, for people who just want to support me generally. Um, those are all kind of detailed on the website. But uh, for Max Hedrum enthusiasts... He's talking about me! There are three levels of support that you can offer where you get specific Max Headroom merchandise. And uh, the first item, uh, of course, is something that is near and dear to my heart, but um, you get a 20 minutes into the future badge that basically announces to the world, yes, I support this podcast. And proud of it! And that's at the lowest level of support as well. So no matter what you do, you get something cool in the mail that says, hey, I'm into this podcast, and I think you should be too. There's also a zine. You can get early access, that kind of stuff. Um, we're trying to do all the normal things that uh, Patreon does. Uh, and with a show like this that is editing heavy, and we have some neat things that are coming in the future that we can't yet announce, but we definitely need some support if we were going to do these things and do them well. It's the right thing to do. Please. Once again, visit patreon.com forward slash Austin Rich. That's all one word. We'll have some links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, it's just another way that you can make sure that we are able to bring this program to you and, uh, and have fun while we're doing it. I don't want to talk for too much longer, but uh, yeah, these off-week programs do give us a chance to kind of 
give you some extra stuff in a more timely manner. We pre-record this show well in advance. Okay, uh, look, if you wanted to talk about pet care, you should have called two weeks ago when our show on racism was airing. Okay, I'm doing a show about the elderly right now, which, of course, to you people watching means call in about cooking. And so sometimes we'll say one thing that seems to contradict the fact that we've maybe interviewed some of the creators or whatever. Yeah. What's up with that? These little off-week shows kind of give us a chance to speak more directly to in a, in a more real-time scenario um, to the audience. And, and for that, it is very valuable. I guess that makes sense. Why don't we just kind of move right along to our conversation with Luke Thayer's uh, comedian and sitcom expert who's going to uh, tell us a little bit about how they got into sitcoms and uh, what it is about that and comedy that they find interesting and appealing. That's, you know, no pressure. And on the other side of this, we'll say goodbye and whatnot. So uh, let's do this. So I was kind of curious, like, what uh, what kind of shows are you inspired by and what what, what brought you to this point where you're like, I have this real insight into sitcoms. Like, I really kind of see how they tick. Spending a lot of time with them. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm definitely, I'm a, I'm a kid who grew up with TV, you know. Uh, I, I, I grew up in a home with uh, just, just my mom, single mom and my sister. Uh, so there's a lot of, I was babysat by the TV a lot. There she is, the old radiation king. Same here. <laughs> yeah yeah um i've always loved you know the the 24 minute sitcom format the smaller sure. the better generally what we're talking about is the the family friend or workplace sitcom um you know we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about a more specific mm-hmm. format something that was really kind of uh solidified by norman lear in the 70s with uh with the 80 billion shows that he created right. seems kind of low i mean i might be rounding down <laughs> right <laughs> you know what he did it, it had been done before, but I think what, what he really mastered was the idea of sincerity and warmth and comfort in a sitcom. I think I can take it if you can. That's something that really appeals to mm. me about it. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, uh, uh, in a lot of uh, groups online on Reddit and such for people with depression. I have depression. Um, and something that I find over and over is people are particularly huge fans of The Office. Cheers. Where you know, some other shows like Friends. You know, the one with the four actors in it. Shows that have run for many, many seasons. Um, and I think there's uh, there's this really wonderful familiarity and, and warmth in watching people you care about kind of learn and succeed over and over. Again and again and again and again and again. And that to me is like what, what's really special mm-hmm. about uh, about that particular form of sitcom. <laughs> Also, I, I just, I love comedy, <laughs> you know? I love anything that makes people laugh. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. So I'm, I'm 41, and uh, for most of my life, almost two decades, I was a bartender. Um, and mm-hmm. then towards the tail end of that, I was working at kind of the higher-end cocktail places. Jet set bartender, right? The Caribbean Jamaica mug. <laughs> Everybody a drink? My rum specialties, perhaps? Bartender with the line for everything. The bartender. Now, he's about to be swept off his feet. I wish we could stay here forever. By the one thing he didn't expect. Comedy, ha ha! 
through that had got into doing some teaching and classes and presentations. And I'd always, you know, wanted to do stand up comedy. And I, I'd written written a lot of scripts and I have pages of scripts that nobody's ever seen. You know, there's just sort of did for my, my own uh, edification. I'm not ashamed. I kind of started burning out on bartending and I, you know, it's just like, I'm just going to give stand up a shot. Um, and uh, really didn't look back from there. Didn't look around, didn't slow down, didn't even look in the rear view mirror. You know, that was uh, two years before quarantine started. <laughs> um, so I was really kind of hitting stride right right when, that, <laughs> when quarantine hit. Uh, what a bummer. Which, you know, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, you know, I think every performer has that, that story in with some form or another. That's for sure. It's been a, it's been a rough year for everybody, but... Um, you know, live performers have their own particular right. hell. And, and I'm sure, you know, you guys can associate. 100%. Yeah, it's definitely been a change. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, and I know, like, not for every podcast, but I know for a lot of podcasters, live performances are a big piece of their revenue. Revenue? Wait, re- revenue? Yeah, oh. can you put a pin <laughs> yeah. in that? We'll, Pod- we'd like that. Maybe we could ask you off mic or something, because that's uh, we're really curious about these two words together. Are they even speaking English? If there's like one sitcom I'm going to uh, recommend everybody to watch that I feel like might be a little bit uh, off the radar uh, is a show called You're the Worst. I'm going to leave you anyway. I'm going to leave you anyway. Which was, uh, I think it was originally mm. on FX or FFX, one of those. Um it might be a little hard to track down online these days. I'm sure it's on one of the streaming services. Oh, they have the internet on computers now. But it, it's incredibly well done. It handles some issues like uh, depression. Uh, one of the characters is an Iraq war veteran. Um, there, there's a few things that deals with uh, very well in a, in a very tender way um, that is also absolutely hilarious. As my grandma used to say, it's only a walk of shame if you're capable of feeling shame. Thanks for doing all this sex stuff on me. You want to watch a little TV first? Where's the TV? I watch on my computer. What do you mean you watch on your computer? You're so old. What? You're losing your hair. What? Why would you say that to me? I'm practicing. Practicing what? Dying alone? Highly recommended. Mm. Every part in it is, is like nail on the head cast. Uh, I couldn't stop. <laughs> I won't stop saying good things about it if I keep going. Uh, it's a wonderful show. I absolutely recommend that. And that's that's been an inspiration to me. The more you know. Very sincere in the way that Bojack is, in the way that Bojack handles things like alcoholism and depression. It's a hell of a combination. Where you're, you're laughing your whole way right. through, um, but I've also cried at a few episodes, you know. We've all been there. Uh, you know, I love, the, I, I really like the form. I can watch any show. There's shows uh, that sometimes I'll watch, even though I don't like them at all, like, uh, you know, not to trash other people's work, but I'm not a particularly huge fan of the Big Bang Theory. The sensor that monitors this podcast in real time has prevented you from a copyright lawsuit by deleting a certain theme song from this presentation thank you but i've watched the mm. whole seasons of it um just because uh there, there's something to me that's appealing even just seeing it done you know even if i'm looking at it and saying oh i would have done this completely the opposite way that's still sort of pleasing to me in a way you know i'm really having a great time and i feel that way about stand-up too like i, I can really i can sit through a lot of stand-up which is helpful if you're a performer because <laughs> you end up sitting through a lot of stand-up right it's interesting about the Big Bang Theory because I feel like it's a very competently made show by someone who's not quite on the pulse of, of what that 
world is. I must have missed the memo. You're absolutely right. Like, as a product, that show is very well made. And I don't even mean that in a derogatory way. You know, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. Those, those actors are talented. They deserve to make money. Jim Parsons is, is yeah, I think, especially talented. That seems to be the one thing we can agree on. But it has the feeling of somebody who's never spent any time around nerds or geeks or whatever. So mm-hmm. thinks that they all have to be these super genius scientists you know, that don't know how to interact with society. You're not wrong. You know, to compare it to one of my absolute favorite shows, Community. Which is a show about a group Mm -hmm. of nerds. Um, but it's very well done. But, it, you know, it's it's one is a, is a former athlete and, and one really loves TV. My world, my empire, my voice. Your pleasure. It's, it's you know, it's not so much type. It's, it's more of a, it's a vibe. So that, that feels like a real world of real people. That's, you know, and again, I think uh, we're all kind of cut from the same cloth here you know uh at least two of us watched max headroom as a child like uh you know we're kind of nervous. i think it's <laughs> true no one denies that i think it smells a little suspect the big bang theory and shows like that you know um it's we, we're just not totally buying those those people don't look like our friends you know who might you be now that mm-hmm. i'm saying we don't have rocket scientist friends in the group we might who can say and i you know i, I think there's there's something to be said too about the way people treat each other on TV has changed a little bit too. Yes, yes, go on. I always think about like the early 2000s, uh, Adult Swim, all those shows, Aqua Teen, Hunger Force. The shows are still very funny. If you go back and watch them, they're mm. so mean to each other. Like it's all the humor is just built <laughs> back their Right. They're just terrible to each other. And I'm not saying that's not funny. Uh, it's hilarious. So did you get those bills paid off? Yes! Like you wouldn't believe. All of them. Every single one of them. Because there were four of them. I know. I distinctly remember four. Aha. There were six of them. Uh, I think right about when the office, mm-hmm. the U.S. office got big, um, and specifically the U.S. office, because the British offices, they're much meaner. Sanj. This is Sanj. This is Ricky. This guy does the best Ali G impersonation. I, I can't do it. I, Go on. I don't. I think you... Oh. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's not you. It's the other one. The other, yeah. the other what? We started to see something where characters right. started being uh, sweet to each other. In an office, when you are ranking people, manager is higher than captain. On a boat, who knows? It's nebulos. Hey, look, I'm king of the world. Uh, there was a show. It was on the same time as The Office called My Name is Earl. So I made a list of everything bad I've ever done, and one by one, I'm going to make up for all my mistakes. I'm just trying to be a better person. Which hasn't uh, really had the same continued popularity. Um, mm. But it was about, you know, it was about a guy who was just trying to fix his life by writing all the wrongs. And he was played by Jason Lee. I can never forget you the way you girls. And the, like mm. defining character, characteristic of his character, he's a very sweet guy. You know, <laughs> he just wanted people to be happy. I just want to get along. I just want to get along. I just want to get along. Um, and I think that was that, that was a big culture change in TV. And I think it's made a lot better TV um, because it's made people work a lot harder to get get jokes into their scripts. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't just say the meanest thing which comes to mind, which is probably going to be funny. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. Seinfeld is, is a perfect example because it's 
definitely one of the greatest shows of all time. Well, after Max Headroom, that is. But it does. It has that sort of '90s thing where it's it's just like you got you don't like each other, you know. Why are you friends with those guys? I think another example of that <laughs> is um, news radio. Which is one of my all-time favorite mm, shows. Mm-hmm. Wonderful show, Phil Hartman, Dave Foley. Uh, everybody on that show is, is, is famous and talented. It's technically that's true. There is that sort of '90s vibe. It's a little bit different because there was it got a little serious at points, and there was there was some romance between characters and everything. But it, it still does sort of have that weird feeling of like this isn't really how people treat each other, you know? <laughs> like even people that don't like each other. What I'm talking about is a full-scale revolt. <laughs> Dave's gone too far this time. Imagine an office without snacks. Oh my god, you guys, I got something. What is it? Uh, it's a piece of gum I left in the fridge. I forgot about it. A frozen piece of chewed up gum. How long has that been in there? I would say like August 95. People, we should be working. Enjoying the free snacks provided by our employer. Not foraging for frozen morsels like the members of some ice-bound Brazilian soccer team. Uh, in England, they call soccer football. <laughs> Good point. On 20 Minutes Into the Future, something we like to do most every episode is a little segment where we do a Where Do I Feel Seen? And now it's time for a game where anyone listening at home can join in the fun. It's time to play Where Do I Feel Seen? The game of inclusion that's fun for the whole family. Brought to you by Network 23 and 20 Minutes Into the Future. Are you ready to play Where Do I Feel Seen? And before you got on the call... Austin said, we should do one of those with which kind of sitcom character do we see ourselves as? Mm, mm-hmm. Because there's all kinds, like you've got the fill in the blank, mm-hmm. the fill in the blank. I'll go in first. I'll go first. I think I'm the wacky neighbor. Mm, okay. okay. How so? I'm the wacky neighbor in like some weirdo outfit, like a big pink wig and a boa. And for some reason, I'm chasing three chickens down the hall. Mm, okay, I see. And I just go like <laughs> streaking by in the in the background mm-hmm. and presumably my sequin gown. So you just never know what I'm going to be doing and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> So if I'm reading this correctly, uh, you are the kind of character that you'll get basically one big scene per episode and we get a glimpse into your world for just like a moment. And then that and then that's kind of like once per episode, we get one of those. Yeah, it's possible. Or maybe they need to ask me something or maybe there's a meeting of everybody who lives in the apartment building. Mm. I'm not a big part, but I'm vaguely memorable just because like what? Yeah, you're like Amazing Larry from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. We just cut to you sometimes yeah. and then is this something you could share with the rest of us amazing larry you know <laughs> yeah but really pretty pretty minor in the general scheme of mm, things mm-hmm. okay i like it i think i'm definitely the like the crazy friend you know what are you doing dude but, you know like the guy he's got to go on a double date and he's got to find like a match for his weird friends it'll be really very you know and he's always 
He's always just like saying dumb things like, where's the bong? You know, like. Smoking weed, smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beers, drinking beers, 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 rolling fatties, smoking blunts. Who smokes the blunts? Who smoke the blunts? Rolling blunts and smoking. Uh, let me get a nickel bag. 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. They're like dumb stuff like right, that. Right, right. Uh, okay, and, uh, got it. <laughs> I associate a little bit too with, uh, with, uh, uh, Todd from Bojack. How'd you even get in here? Your roommate let us in. Mikasa e Sukasa! And that is the last of the toaster strudels, and now my morning is ruined. Could you guys keep it down? Okay, I'm kind of on a date right now. Um, and uh, Abed from um, <laughs> Community, you know, sort of the, the outsider mm. who goes on his own adventures occasionally and comes back, and people are like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> this is kind of like Breakfast Club, huh? We are in a library. Well, yeah, and I'm sure we've each got an issue balled up inside of us that would make us cry if we talked about it. Do you have something balled up inside of you? Oh, I get a little doozy in the chamber if things get emotional. Well, I, I think that certainly where I would feel seen uh, in a sitcom is uh, it, it, and they would probably be like some kind of situation where all of the main characters, like, you know, it seems like they're going to meet somebody who is like very important, you know, like the lone gunman. You don't believe that the CIA threatened by a loss of power and funding because of the collapse of the Cold War wouldn't dream of having the old enemy back. I think you give the government too much credit. I mean, the... The government can control a deficit or manage crime. What makes you think they can plan and execute such an elaborate conspiracy? She is hot. Settle down, Frohicky. Or something like that. Um, but it turns out it's just the janitor. What do you want? Where's your janitor? And that's me. You know, like, I'm just the guy, like, like, you know, they make a really big deal of, like, oh, we got to go and find Austin. You know, he's going to, like, help us. And, like, it's just because I have, like, the key ring. You know, I've got them right here somewhere. I actually get Dave Foley from News Radio vibes from you. That's where mm, I, would, I would put you. That would um, be amazing, but I, I would not want to pretend that I could pull off what he he is. He's a funny, funny man. <laughs> this is really not how I wanted to handle this situation. Why not? Can't play favorites, right? Got to treat everybody equally, right? I mean, that's a road you're about five miles down, isn't it? Mr. James, how I run this office is my business. Now I have a staff that thinks if they complain enough about anything, I'll cave in, and that is not true. Now, I'm going to have to ask you to return those desks. Wow. I love the fire in your eyes. And, sir, if you ever come in here and undermine my authority with Easy, the staff again, Dave, I don't to... love it that much. I was just reminded of Kids in the Hall the other day, and so I felt like I had to rewatch a bunch of that. Just Because uh, some of his characters on that show are so strange and so wonderfully excellent. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was for me as a kid, Bruce McCullough. That he was always my favorite of all the all the writers because um, he would do that stuff where it was like not even like comedy. It's just like a weird art house film, and everybody's sad. Um, yeah, Kids in, Hall in general was big for me as a kid. Where I was like, oh, you're weird, and it's funny. Like that was that was mm -hmm. a big deal. There he is. There's Cabbage Head. I used to wear nylons on my legs to do temp work. Now I wear them on my face to stop sexism. Right, right on, on, sister. sister. <laughs> I like her spunk. So, little lady, I notice you're not wearing a bra. Why don't you come over here and... Why don't you oh. eat lead, Cabbage Head? Like, the, the death of Cabbage Head was, like, the most amazing, tragic short film that didn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> oh, my God. They've shot Cabbage Head. <laughs> Lower. Lower. <laughs> Undo my bell. Come on, you can't refuse a deathbed request. <laughs> there was that one where they're just, and it wasn't cabbage, but they're just like endlessly shoveling coal into a furnace. 
and they're just talking about the endlessness and the hopelessness. Mm. <laughs> there's like, there's no punchlines. Regards, it occurs to me this day that our work cannot stop the darkness. It cannot stop the blackness, the black hand that massages as I speak. But each day we shovel fuel. You are right. One of the biggest elements of uh, working in television is uh, the pitch, you know, like how do we sell this show, but keep it concise? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, you're going to want a one sheet, like just just, you know, uh, one sheet of paper that has uh, all the information you want to convey about the show and nothing else, um, and, you know, and and some pretty graphics and probably want to have some kind of visual element. First off, the screen went yellow with spirals pulsing from the bottom left of the screen. Then it go red with a pulse from the middle right. Mid left blue. Top right orange. Bottom left scarlet. Bottom centre green. Top centre red. You know, uh, I think, mm. you know, now mm-hmm. with, with digital media and everything, having, having almost like a, a 30 second clip uh, as like a version mm-hmm. of a one sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's going to be pretty key. Okay, let's see what we've got. You know, I think in, in some ways you can afford to keep it a little vague because uh, some people are going to sort of know what to expect. And even them being wrong about it is sort of a bonus. I'm thinking about, um, you know, how a show like WandaVision must have been pitched. I don't know if you guys are watching that. I'm, I'm only a few episodes mm. But it's uh, the yeah. Marvel Universe. It's a sitcom. I, I'm not a big superhero guy. I'm watching, you know, from the other end of interest. Um, so I don't understand a lot of it. But uh, I, I imagine they mm-hmm. probably went in there with a few pictures and so, some of the, the media was confusing to see together. What am I looking at here? Just had a very, very pretty presentation that was like, this is something people remember. And that's a big selling point. This is something people remember. You know, it's vintage. Um, that, that's that's right. a lot of it, really. Cool, cool. But I would think that creating a, a short little reel, 30 seconds or so of something uh, would probably be the, the key to getting noticed. Check out this video. 500 million views. So um, I imagine if you're like a lot of people, you probably have your own uh, sitcom idea or something that you'd like to see on television. And I was just kind of curious, do you want to try to pitch that to us? Like what's uh, what's something that you would like to see uh, that currently doesn't exist uh, on broadcast? And for any listeners out there, Luke has already mailed this idea to himself. Jamail! Jamail is here! So don't get any ideas about stealing it because it is officially popular. Right, 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 right. I actually did. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> too lazy. Uh, I do have an idea, and this is this is based on, on years of TV shows, so base, bear with me. But um, I, mm-hmm. I have either of you watched Lost. We have to go back, Kate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Hurley. Everybody mm. loves Hurley. He's the best yeah. character. Um, and, and at the end of Lost. La la la. I can't hear you. I'm only on season four. So I have an idea for a sitcom where Hurley gets the idea to open a chicken franchise on the island because he worked at a fried chicken place, right? <laughs> the investor he finds okay. Okay. Um, is a South American drug lord named Gus Frank. Sir, may I help you? didn't do it. See, I didn't do it. Do it. Do it. 
May I help you with your order? From the Breaking Bad universe. So <laughs> he opened the pair. They're making meth on the island. Ben gets super into that. The business end of it. Mm-hmm, and the usage end mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Early has right. no idea the whole time. He just wants people to come to visit the island, have a nice meal of fried chicken, and do like a fantasy island thing where they like learn something about themselves and better their lives. Or something. So that's kind of the basic right. rundown. Yeah, there's it's like the dark side of Fantasy Island concurrent with the funny side of Fantasy Island. It's a hell of a combination. I, I, I think I would green light that, Heather. What do you say? Should we go? Y- oh, absolutely. I've green lit it already. Oh, perfect. Right on. So, so right. you'll... Yeah. I think you'll be on um, as the lead-in show for It's Max. If I told them once, I told them a hundred times to put Spinal Tap first and Puppet Show last. It's a morale builder, isn't it? Yeah, it's obviously an idea I've had for a while. I'm referencing two older shows. So it's something <laughs> carrying my pocket for a minute. I appreciate the chance to share it. Um, other than in a, in a bar room with a disinterested stranger. It's, <laughs> it's my <laughs> Thanks again, Luke Thayers, for calling in and uh, giving us a little bit of insight into the world of comedy and sitcoms in particular. Your loyalty is most appreciated. We are going to mention that uh, Luke actually has some more stuff that they recorded with us for the program. So uh, this won't be the first time that you're hearing from Luke. uh, But uh, I thought it would be a good way to kind of get to know him and uh, get to know their their perspective and what they do. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Don't forget to visit at There's a Vague Clown on Instagram to see cat photos, memes, and announcements for upcoming comedy engagements. One last plug for the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Austin Rich. This is where you can support this show directly. <laughs> Uh, by supporting uh, the Patreon that I've put together. And, and and this thing has been running for a little while as a personal art Patreon for my general work in radio and mail art and zines and things like that. Uh, but this is more specific to the Max Headroom fan. Me? Hum, humble, modest, shy little me? So check out those tiers, check out those buttons. Uh, there's a cool zine that's also available that's uh, all about Max. Um, yeah, I think this is a good way to try to get things going because the more support we get on the Patreon, the more we will be able to bring you cool, neat, unique, fun, specific merch that uh, I know that you guys are going to want. Like, cool Max tote bags. Come on. He's so handsome on a tote bag. It's going to be great. I see what you mean. But we can only do that kind of stuff if we get enough supporters to uh, help us out. So um, please uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Austin Rich and plunk down a little bit of coin, even if it's just the $1 a month uh, level. That's really helpful to us. Uh, The more people that do that, the quicker that money adds up in in a big and very useful way. I am yammering, which is what I do when I don't have a co-host here to keep me in check. So uh, let's just say you guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And uh, we will catch you next time here on the program. And uh, yeah, one week from today, let's get our rake boards ready because it's time to go skating. 20 minutes into the future, a Max Headroom podcast with Heather and Austin.
Theme song by Shot Reverse Shot, edited by Austin Ridge, in the Lava Lamp Lounge, remixed by Kisu D. Salice of The Secret Light. You can write to mitchheadroom at gmail.com if you want to contact the show, or call 585-678-1211, where you can leave a glitched out 8-bit message that may get played on the show. That number again is 585-678-1211. Don't forget to visit patreon.com forward slash Austin Ridge to support this show and receive cool pins and other Max merch for the Max head in your life. You can also visit 20minutesintothefuture.org for show notes, podcasting links, and other information. This is announcer Mitch, signing off for Heather, Austin, and Network 23. Be seeing you. I've definitely been following you know, pictures of, of, of your new guy on Facebook and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Those nice. cat pictures get a lot of attention from me. So. Oh, there's one. And that's the only thing that really lets people know. I think that my Instagram is not just a meme account is, is pictures of my cat. Cause I don't really tend to share too mm-hmm. many personal details, uh, but it's like me, 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 picture of pops, me, me, me. I don't see a problem with that. That's kind of what people want from social media, right? Is, is memes and cats. Cats. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Memes and cats and memes about cats. I think that's what people want. That's what it's for. You're right. I'm yeah. doing great at this. Thank you. Meow, 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 meow.